what our deepest essence, I call it my soul, but you call it your essence, your spirit, your deepest self, what our deepest selves call us to will put us up against all the places where we've been blocked and to work them through. And it's an incredible opportunity. There is a lot of emotional disturbance in our culture. It really is. There's a lot of deficit of love and belonging. And imagine what the world would look like if we had deeper, more connected conversations where we could inspire hope and we could bring more love to the world around us. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help you crush your self-limiting beliefs and embrace being unapologetically you. The Born Unbreakable podcast brings you inspirational stories from all over the world that will empower you to unlock your unbreakable spirit. I'd love to partner with you on your next breakthrough. Go to bornunbreakable.com to schedule a free transformational call. Action begins today. Are you looking for a one-stop shop in Las Vegas where you can comfortably stay and host an event? Athena Estate is located in Southwest Las Vegas, just 10 minutes from the Strip and offers everything you need. On over an acre of land, this indoor-outdoor venue is perfect for an intimate retreat, a small wedding, or a milestone birthday. We offer a variety of packages and services that will fit your needs and your budget. Book with us by December 26th and receive 20% off at your stay or event. Visit staydorado.com, that's S-T-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-O.com to learn more. We look forward to customizing your next experience. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Whether it's your first time joining or you've been here for all now what will be 139 episodes. I thank you for today. We are nearing the end of January, and uh, it's an exciting week for me because it's actually my birthday week. So I'm celebrating a birthday, and I'm always really grateful to start the year off with that. It kind of keeps me in a place of gratitude. But I would love to introduce my guest for today, who is... Phyllis Leavitt, and she's very special because we actually have been in an author accelerator program together. It's called Ignite Your Inner Author. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show, and we have been coached by an incredible woman named Ashley Mansour. If anyone out there in the universe is looking to write a book, I actually feel like all of us have a book or a few in us. I encourage you to reach out and I'd be happy to make an introduction. But Phyllis is so dynamic because she's been on the road to book writing before. She's actually an author today writing another book. So she'll talk about that on the show. She's also an author and a teacher and a guide. So she's had a pretty incredible journey, especially from a spiritual perspective. So we're going to, you know, get into that. And I just, you know, want to preface before I start asking Phyllis questions um, is that 
I acknowledge that we're all on a journey. You know, each and every one of us are in a place where we are constantly learning about who we are and how we move in the world and what our contributions are. And so what I hope you can get out of the discussion, the conversation today is a deeper sense of self um, and a connection, empowerment and an invitation for you to continue to explore that because it is really when we go within that we learn the most about our giftings and our ability to heal and influence the world. So with that, thank you, Phyllis, for coming on the show and taking time out of your schedule to be here with me today. And thank you. Happy birthday. And thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity to share some of my experience with you. Um, and I just want to sort of preface it by saying if there's anybody who didn't think they would be on a podcast, um, it was me. <laughs> so, um, you know, my early life, is that kind of where we want to start? Yeah, um, I would I would love to you to take yeah. us back a yeah, little it's, bit. It's really been a journey, um, as many people have had. And I think that maybe the time we're living in, um, in the world today, that many people's sort of lives are very speeded up. And we've gone through many lifetimes in one lifetime. And I, I really feel that way. Um, my early life was really just co colored by what I would just call darkness, and I had no idea why. Um, I just sort of, from a very early age, I felt like I felt very alone. I felt other. I felt flawed. I felt scared, really scared. I had deep fears of death at a very early age with no experience of death. Um, deep fears of the dark. Um, just a lot of real disconnection, I guess I would say, is how I kind of came into this life. And um, I didn't know, and I'll just sort of jump ahead and then jump back. I didn't really know until I was in my 40s that what I was suffering from was very early on abuse in my childhood. And that it, I had just disconnected from myself and was kind of living what I would call a half-life and part of me just wasn't present and um, didn't want to be and didn't know how to be. So, um, you know, and I had some strange experiences. I had out-of-body experiences when I was a really little girl um, that were not frightening, actually. They were pleasurable. Um, and then I would say where my spiritual journey appeared to begin was when I was 13, I wrote a poem and I, it was like, literally like the plug got put into the socket and the whole world changed. I felt in my body, I felt what I would call now divine love. I didn't even have those words at the time, but just filled with love and connection and a wholeness, I guess is what I would say. And so I think at that moment, I decided writing was my path <laughs> or, or maybe I just knew. And um, so I tried to write poetry. I had nothing to say, <laughs> um, uh, but it was sort of like really, actually it was my spiritual path. It wasn't really a writing practice. Um, and I don't really even remember anything that I wrote. It was nothing significant. It was the effort to reconnect with myself. And I would say that's really what my life has been about. Um, the, you know, a deep longing to connect with myself and with, um, 
I guess what I would say is that that connection with myself was at the same time a connection with something way beyond me. They yeah. were they were kind of one and the same, if that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, I continued along that path of just uh, my teenage years were really difficult for me. I think I um, I was assaulted when I was also at that age and um, again buried that memory. I remembered fragments, but not enough to know the essence of what really happened. And um, but I also had, and I think maybe other people experience this too, it's really like there was something there guiding me and keeping me alive. And I would have these occasionally, only very occasionally, absolutely incredible breakthrough experiences of incredible connection and love and light. Um, one of them, the first one that I recall was I was in college in Boston and I was walking in Boston Gardens by my, Boston Commons by myself. And it was a, this really beautiful autumn day. And all of a sudden, and this is the only way I can explain it, but you know, I think these experiences, and I think maybe you relate to this or other people relate to this, there really aren't words. So you try to put words the best you can. And the best I can say is that the veil just lifted between me and the whole natural world. And I experienced every plant, every breath of wind, every ray of the sun as a living being that was just, and I was just a part of that. I wasn't even Phyllis, and I was, but if, if that makes sense. And I just felt surrounded and held by the love of, um, the, of the world, the love of the natural world. And so that, that was like one experience. And, um, oh gosh, you know, I had, um, as a little girl, I had deja vus about being a Native American. Wow. didn't know what they were. Nobody had language for any of this stuff when I was a little girl. I never talked about it. Um, I only know looking back that when I would go to like a cowboy and Indian movie when I was a little girl and I would see the native men on horseback, I would have this incredible body sensation of recognition mm -hmm. and long longing. Um, so when I went to, I went to Arizona when I was, I think in my sophomore year of college, I went to Arizona for the summer and I worked with Native American people, Native American children. Um, and I had this experience of absolute, I was in the Mojave Desert and I had this experience that I had come home, that I knew this land, I had been there. Um, so these were kind of the breakthrough things that happened for me. But yeah. I will I will say this this was a pivotal point. What happened in Arizona was I wanted to stay. I just wanted to pretend I was still a Native American and I just wanted to live in the desert. And I sat down under the beautiful Arizona night starlit sky and I asked God if I could stay. I was living in New York City at the time in Brooklyn in a little apartment in a very, uh, you know, doing my thing in, col in college at that time I had moved to New York. Um, and I heard the clearest voice 
as soon as I asked that question, I heard a voice and, and it said these words, no, you have already lived these lives. This is not why you're here. You did not come back to repeat this. You have to go back and work it out with people. Those were the words, the last thing I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I went back to New York City. I ended up, and it was the late 60s, I ended up in, um, you know, all of my searching. And the, the 60s were a time of great spiritual awakening, you know, among certain uh, people of my age. And I ended up in a spiritual group, group that was followers of a man named Gurdjieff. And um, very long story short, and, you know, stop me at any point if you want to, but very long story short, I was in that group for a while. It was kind of a masculine approach to spirituality, I would say. Um, a good, good, but didn't really resonate with my heart's longing for connection. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a moment when I realized that, I was looking for God's love when what I really wanted was to find love with other people. And that God was sort of a stand-in for the mm -hmm. love that I felt was missing in my life. And at that point, and I, at that point I was um, married to my first husband and I had, I had three children and um, I went to therapy. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? There is something wrong with me and I have to figure out what is going on that I feel such lack of love in my life. Um, and I will say that the love I had for my children was really my first and only experience of love at that point. Um, but it didn't meet that need for the connection to my deeper self. So I went to therapy, I became a therapist. Um, Go ahead, Desiree. What do you want to say? Amazing. Well, I see. Here's the thing: is that what I what I get from your story is this sense of a few things: exploration, which I think all of us, anyone who's listening, can relate to. There is a sense of us. There's us as an individual finding and feeling ourselves out, which. In some ways, depending on if you really get deep about it, do we ever know it all? Because in my in my mind, we're constantly evolving. So right. I think you just know what you know for the moment. Now, right. we keep looking ahead. There's more things that are going to unfold. But I think we're all on this journey. And some elements for some people are deeply spiritual. Maybe some right. align with some other modality that they, they feel that that is how they find a sense of purpose, light, or love. But I also do think the other thing that resonates me with me about what you've said is this universal sense of wanting love, Absolutely. right? So as, and there's the love that I, I believe we all want to connect, which is loving ourselves. So when you were describing, you know, growing up and feeling a disconnect and not having that full sense of connection, I think I, I get that, you know, we're, we're trying to find that sense of it's, it's okay if I'm a little different, or maybe I don't fit into all the groups, but it's, it's this voyage of 
embracing all those elements of yourself and attracting, I do believe that we attract, you know, what we put out there is we have that sense of awareness all and, and how do we sustain it? And that's what I'm curious from your journey, because right. you've gone to a great level of depth that I think some people either are experimenting with or, you know, and I might be making a bold statement here, although I've witnessed it as a coach. So I'm in, in a different capacity, not a therapist, but a, a coach, which is I think there's also people who avoid right. Right. going and finding certain answers and just, uh, you know, stagnating, if you will, in, in the experience. And so that, that makes us show up differently. Those that continue on this exploration versus those that maybe for whatever different reasons choose not to show up and, and that energy that they emanate is a, is a direct result of that work that they've done. So I'm right. curious in your journey, how do you sustain that? Because it does feel a little bit like a roller coaster ride where you're a little Absolutely. lost, found, and then you're lost, and then you're found. Like, yeah, I think. Well, I really resonate with what you're saying because I think as a culture, not just as individuals, and this was certainly true for me as an individual, we're afraid of pain. We want to get away from it as fast as possible. And one of the things I've learned really from my own experience, but also as a therapist, is that there's gold in the pain. Like it's something to turn around and face and plumb the depths of because, because inside the pain is our essential self that got buried or that got muted or that got limited or you circumscribed in some way. And so I think my journey not that it was a conscious choice in the beginning, but it was just, the pain was so great inside, even though I might not have looked like that on the outside, the pain was so great that I finally surrendered to it. And 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 not even necessarily by my own will, it, I mean, by my own, uh, like a thought process, but um, so I, I, as I said, I went to therapy, I started getting memories, um, it was excruciating. It was just excruciating. And at one point, and I kept a journal because I, that's kind of how I kept connecting to myself was to write down the insights and the memories and my thoughts. And at one point I just said to God, um, I give up. I'm, I'm not getting better. I'm not getting relief. I, I really, I just give up. If there's more you want to tell me about what happened, tell me. And in that moment, and this, this was the miracle in my life, in that moment, a divine voice literally began speaking to me as I wrote in my journal. And I, I think the first words, I'm not sure if I remember them exactly, but the first words were something like, we are so happy you are here with us today. And I'm writing in my computer, right? Like, and all of a sudden I realized that my whole body is filled with love and light and I feel whole and connected and I started getting these messages from what I call a divine consciousness about what I was doing here as Phyllis in all the difficult experiences that I felt like I was having and what my soul's purpose was and what my soul came to transform out of all of that so 
that became like the pivot point was some was was a practice of surrender and the words that were given to me it's not wasn't resignation it wasn't like okay this is the way it is you know um get over yourself it wasn't like that at all it was surrender to what is and what is was kind of capitalized meaning accept fully what is um, because your soul is speaking to you through what is and your soul came to transform what is like everything that is is your raw material like the coal you're putting in your furnace or the fire and your you know it's it's yeah. a fuel for the journey um, so all the resistance you feel to the pain is actually um, what you came here to transform and what we all came here to transform in our own ways in our own journey with whatever that might be it might not look like mine at all mm -hmm. and so one of the first things that I was told that was really like sort of a beacon for me was all pain is soul calling you home it's not punishment it's not a sign of deficiency it's your soul calling to you through the darkness of the ego plane of existence that is so profound. And, and I'm curious because I do think that, and I, I'm fascinated by this when I hear these stories of, uh, and it's it, periodically, every, probably every year, there's a person that you see, usually someone well-known, that commits suicide mm. and sort of tragic ending Mm -hmm. And you try to make sense of it as as right. uh, as onlooker, onlookers or observers, because what you see on the outside is what you might even aspire to, you know, right. Like, right. success, what appears to be a lot of love if they're in a relationship or even if they're not, they've got great kids and they are connected with their kids. And so you see this storyline that's very attractive and uh, engaging, yet there's something that's going on internally that tells those individuals there's there's something else. There's an end. Yeah. So there's there's like a missing piece. And that's where I, I get so curious of how do you find that? What you know, what are those pockets of places that people which I do think we all experience, maybe not to that level of that coming home because there is that pain. I think those are painful moments that people made those decisions. Right. And I think we manifest that pain in different ways. Sometimes it's our calling is to go to therapy so we can kind of dig into that gold and figure out what's going on. Maybe it's less formal, but we still go gravitate to something. Maybe it's a someone, it's a group, maybe it's a meditation practice, but something right. that is the hope on the other side is that we get answers to the things that seem ominous or uh, a bit empty, maybe. Right, right. And that we get access to... Like I had such a feeling that there was more in me that I couldn't access. Mm. And, and so I think for me, like working my way through the pain and the darkness actually opened up um, areas of my life that were just unavailable to me before. And, 
and one of the big ones was, you know, I'm married to a wonderful man right now and I have a wonderful marriage. And that never seemed like it was a possibility for me before. And I think it was really doing that deep dive into the darkness and extracting the gold, um, which I believe we all have. I don't think anyone is born a bad person. We just get covered over with conditioning that sometimes just really doesn't serve or really injures us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have this moment where you decided to go to therapy and it sounds like that was somewhat of a turning point because there was the revelations that was happening there and you were seeking that love when you went because Absolutely. you out this this is missing what what was the next steps that you uncovered after you started therapy what did you do differently mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think as partly my generation, it may not be so um, esoteric in this generation, but in my generation, nobody related your childhood to who you were in the present. So that was a revelation for me. It's like, you don't end up feeling like, you know, high anxiety, deep depression, lost, alone, alienated, <laughs> flawed for no reason. There's There are contributing factors. And I was like, Oh, my family loved me. It's, I, I'm just a misfit. Um, and so therapy really took me down into some of the dynamics in my family that weren't good. You know, that I just, um, you know, we just lived so on the surface of things and on the way things looked. Um, but behind closed doors, it wasn't very good for me yeah. anyway. Yeah. So therapy really opened up the connection between our conditioning and what we're experiencing or not experiencing in the present, what those attractions might be that are not good. Um, or, and if you have really good conditioning in your childhood, maybe you come out of that really connected to your gifts and your passions and um, a, a wholesome sense of relatedness. That just wasn't my story. <laughs> you know, so it was making that connection. And then I would say just to like expand that picture, what I got when I began to hear messages that came from a higher consciousness was that there's a long history to us that precedes the life we're in, that we, our soul has been on a journey for lifetimes and we're carrying all that with us. And so there was this beautiful connection that was made. Um, at one point, very early on, they said to me, and it was a day, they said to me, your inner child is the blueprint for all the unresolved issues you have lived through in every lifetime. So work with our inner child in therapy actually is what opened the door, you know, to um, the whole picture, if that makes sense. It makes so much sense. And I think that is one of those vast places because when we, when we say childhood, there's, so much included in that. And there are, you, you, you either embrace that or there is some experiences and conditions where, like you mentioned, there's a, there's a disconnect because you don't want to embrace all the right. things that are included. But I think what happens is that there is a manifestation of whatever that harbors. So, you know, you right. go through, and, our, and that's the thing about human development 
is you, you, you go through these awkward, this awkward transition through these phases of your adolescence and then your adulthood and science has shown and research has shown the adult mind doesn't form until, mm -hmm. until the age between 24 and right. 26. And so you're all the processing of, of that you're doing much later in life. Right. Right. You're understanding your, your habits, your patterns, your tendencies, uh, and, and some could be detrimental if, if Absolutely. you're that were traumatic, but you haven't actually addressed mm -hmm. and approached, you know, and so re relationships, I think is one that people can, can relate to probably the most is because whatever you've experienced uh, tends to, to show up and how you Absolutely. treat people. Absolutely. Not even, I mean, and very much so in um, romantic relationships, but even even other relationships. It right. could be the way you choose your friendships, the way you totally. choose your things. And so um, there, there's so much that comes with every single connection that you decide to make. Right, <laughs> right. So we're either repeating our yeah. conditioning or we have some, we get, get through therapy or spirituality or a connection or something else we get some kind of distance on it and we can see a pattern of what we're choosing and why. And, yeah. um, and one of the things that I got um, from the divine consciousness that, was, that came to me was a lot of meditative practices with the chakras that were specifically designed to clear some of that stuck energy from this life, from past lives, um, you know, and that was that I did that, and that was part of my surrender practice. I take the pain that I feel, I take the anxiety I feel, I take the loneliness I feel, and I just keep breathing it through in this meditative practice. And one of the things that came out of that for me was a connection to, um, and this is a this is a long story that would be another time, but. Um, what came out of that for me was was a really powerful connection to my throat, that my throat chakra was really central to both where the, some of the greatest injury was to me and where my greatest gifts were aching to come forward and which was basically my soul wants to have a voice. My soul wants to speak. Um, and it was, you know, as a child, I, whenever I got sick, I had a sore throat. I mean, it's just so interesting the way the body even holds those kinds of um, energetics of, of either, you know, um, distress or opening. So yeah. I started practicing having a voice and, um, and immediately, you know, what I was really confronted with, and I, I want to say this because I think it's such a principle maybe for many people is, oh my God, you're going to tell people that you're hearing a divine communication no freaking way like all i wanted out of therapy and healing was to be like a normal person <laughs> that's all i wanted and and yet that's what was you know that was the most significant experience and illuminating thing that was happening in my life how could i not speak it and how could i and so the principle that i kind of wanted to illustrate because i feel like it's been so true in my life and i see this 
for people around me is that what our deepest essence, I call it my soul, but you call it your essence, your spirit, your deepest self, what our deepest selves call us to will put us up against all the places where we've been blocked and to work them through. And it's an incredible opportunity. Um, I mean, I literally never imagined that I would be telling people. Yeah. It felt, it felt like death to me. And oh now, my God. yeah, go ahead. Wow. Yeah, well, it's, it's this power of, do you run towards it or run away from it? And I think that's Absolutely. a question that everyone faces when you've got this big, heavy thing. Uh, and it feels easier to run away. because Yeah, they, yeah it does. Right? <laughs> the, the challenge with that is that it's, it stays there because it's always going to remain if, if you don't, you that's know, right. approach it. And um, I think that's a, that's why that inner work is so vital it, and in breaking down those habits and patterns and, and, and things of how we show, you know, how we continue to show up in the world. So, yeah, because, I, because even though it's safer to run away, you know, you're not being your full authentic self, you know, somewhere you're not, and it keeps calling you out of that supposed safe zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think that's, I mean, that's the human condition. If you, if we think of our studies all the way from young age, it's survival of the fittest. Right. We want to survive. We want psychological safety. We want, uh, you know, that's why there's uh, an aversion to risk is we, we want to protect ourselves from harm, from hurt, mm -hmm. Absolutely. A completely normal human reaction right. to the world around us. But then, as you said, that interesting facet of how there's gold in the pain is the part that is the navigation that gets right. a little tricky. We approach that right. and then we have all these options of paths to go down and it feels a little bit confusing. So I have to ask you, you know, as you've gone on this journey, there was a reason that there was a calling for you to write a book and participate in Ashley's program. So what yeah. drew you to yeah. that? Well, yeah. And it's all, it really is all related, even though it might not seem like it is at first glimpse. Um, because what I would say is I was a total mystery to myself. I didn't know why I was attracted to men who were hurtful to me. And I felt like I was less of a human being because of it. And so through that experience and through my experience of years of being a psychotherapist, it dawned on me as a country, we really don't know how we ended up here, you know, with, with um, such divisiveness, so much um, racial hatred, so much scapegoating and targeting of other people, so much investment in weapons of mass destruction and com competition with the rest of the world instead of global cooperation for our mutual survival. Like, how did we end up so dysfunctional? And maybe many of us don't see it that way, but that's my point of view. How did we end up on the edge of our own extinction with nuclear weapons that could take out life as we know it and we're still investing in them and we're still threatening to use them. 
And so what occurred to me is that just like I was a mystery to myself, but I, what, what, but I kind of took that mystery apart and it became clear to me why I did the things I did and why I was attracted to what I was attracted to, that as a country, we can do the same thing, that we can plumb the depths of our own history. And a small example of that would be we're immigrants, except for the Native American people. We are all immigrants, many, many of whom were fleeing persecution and trauma. Yeah. Some coming to make a new life in a new world and, you know, seek their fortune. But many, including everyone in my family who came from Eastern Russia, um, were, see were fleeing persecution. We brought our trauma with us. We brought all of that, of those negative beliefs about who we were and how we had to cope and what we could expect of life with us. And we know from individual therapy that that's, that untreated trauma at human hands tends to manifest, not always, but tends to manifest in two ways. We are either set up to be, be further victimized because we have learned to be helpless, we've learned to be passive, we've learned that it's futile to fight back, or we identify with the aggressor. Mm. And we um, become aggressors ourselves, or we idealize bullies and we join ranks. And this is what we're seeing in our country. And I don't think it's a mystery. And I really, this is one, one piece of what my book is about, my present book, which is called America in Therapy. It's like, how do we get America into therapy? And what would it look like if we did? How would the, how would the things that I learned from my, all of my journey, all of it, be applied to a country? Because, first of all, a country is only a set of individuals. Right? A country isn't a thing. It's it's a mass of individuals who each carry their own either untreated trauma and their own proclivity toward either passivity or violence or helping. You know, that's the third alternative. Um, exactly. Does that make sense? Um, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. And we and you see it in how the divisiveness shows up in the media because right. And I, I, I often find myself recognizing these patterns of buckets or categories that people are invited to be a part of, which is uh, it could be extremist. It could be I don't want anything to do with anything. So it right. starts to become a detachment or it becomes how is I how can I as one person make a difference and contribute right. to the good you know Absolutely. and it is and it is somewhat of a battle because we haven't necessarily won <laughs> when we see where we are in the world today and i say world because you and i are speaking from america that's right. that's that's the, the 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 ethos that we know that's the ecosystem that we live in but on a global scale there is there is a war that's going that's on right Absolutely. And I only really speak mostly to America because I am an American and I don't have the knowledge of other countries, but I try to weave in that what I'm saying is a global issue because what's happening in America is happening all over the world in many, many places for sure. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I just wanted to relate to that, that, that it doesn't have to be a mystery. And the thing is, we do know, we may not know all the answers because I don't think we ever will, um, but we do know for, even just from the world of psychotherapy, what some of the answers are to breaking the cycle, the cycle of abuse and disconnection from one another. And we're not using them. And there's psychological reasons why we're not. And so what one of the things I explore in my book in depth is what are the, the dynamics of an abusive family and that keep people silent or blamed or identifying with the aggressor um, that are being mirrored in our country that are keeping this dynamic in place. And how could we commit? I mean, how could we even begin to know? Because part of my commitment is like, let's take everything we know from our psychotherapy offices out of the office and put it in the world. You know, this is, we do have tools for healing. We do have tools for healing. And, and I think maybe we just are at a turning point where we have to know the threats that are involved if we don't embrace them and come back yep. together. And I think, you know, one, now politics to me has become such a scary place to, to entertain. And, and mind you, I also majored in political science and <laughs> really? I don't even want to touch a 10-foot pole. But what I will say, and that's acknowledged uh, regardless of whatever party affiliation, I hear people say the one thing I, I think I agree with is it all starts at the kitchen table. I, right. You know, it starts that's at the right. kitchen, which to me I interpret as when it comes to all things from race, religion, respect, uh, pick your topic, education, any of the controversial things that get voted on, uh, all of those things d have discussions that are in whatever version of home is to you now. Exactly. I, because I recognize that there's some people that might say, well, I don't have traditional home. I didn't grow up in a, even in a house, or I didn't grow up with two parents or even one parent. I was raised by this set of mm -hmm. individuals in this way that is abnormal or different. But that goes back to your very point, which is how, whatever the environment that influenced us at that time, That's at that right. critical in our lives, have shaped the way that we do and move today. And so right. understanding that is important. So whatever that kitchen table is, is, is such a, a crucial part of how things develop. And so if anybody is listening right now, whether you are the person that can bring people there because you're, you're an adult and you have that level of influence, or you're a young person that is, you know, maybe still looking for those influences, that that's just a, a point of self-awareness that you Absolutely. have power than you think you do just by the way you choose to connect or disconnect from your own situation. Right. And that we can learn about it. You know, we can teach, we could teach psychology as just a, a, a typical subject in all high schools. Mm -hmm. We could, you know, we could talk about family dynamics to young people so they could have some sense of what's actually happening to them, what's healthy, what's not healthy, 
And again, why we're not a mystery to ourselves. Why do some kids go out on the playground and bully? It's not because they're bad people. It's not. It's because they're conditioned in some way that makes them believe that their survival depends on being aggressive to mm -hmm. other people. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the many great gifts that I have received being a psychotherapist is that inside the aggressor is a victim. Yeah. Um, that's Gosh, that is really, that is so deep. I, I, w I attended this event in September of last year, the Summit of Greatness that was put on by this, um, this influencer. And he had Dr. Michael Beckwith mm. speak, who is a he, uh, you know, in many ways, he has a, um, a center on agape love and just really right. puts that into the universe and has those teachings and has written a few books. I have one of his books, but one of the things that stuck with me of what he says is how violence incites violence and love incites right. love. And so it is a choice. It is, a, it is something intentional, but there is a level of elevation that it takes in order right. to choose love. And exactly. so- Exactly. Violence, aggressiveness, and every, any other synonym or form of that is that usually it is it is what you are without that you can't demonstrate, right? Yeah. How how might Beautiful. someone emanate love and put that into the ether if they themselves have a struggle with the way that they've received or experienced that. Or really didn't get it. I mean, I've worked with so many people who no one ever told them that they loved them. It's, it's really not uncommon. There is a lot of emotional disturbance in our culture. It really is. There's a lot of deficit of love and belonging. And one of the things that we can all do for the people, you know, for, for those of us who have done some kind of journey and are not stuck in 100% in the old pain, is we can love each other, you know? We can love each other. Um, there was this beautiful story of a woman who wanted to write, just wanted to write people's stories, and she decided she would make a trip across the country and just interview random people and ask them for their story. And long story short, the very first person she interviewed, she said she went into a diner and she said, the first person that makes eye contact with me, I'm going to interview. So there's a man at the back of the diner. He looked up at her and she walked over and sat down and told her what she was doing and asked him if he would share his story. And he said, no one has ever asked me. And I don't think that's uncommon. And that and that what you're hitting on is so emanates through my being every day, which is I started this platform of podcasting, which I think many people, some people choose a platform of blogging right. or some form format. You know, I, I choose to do it in this style and there's many, many ways. Some people choose music, some form, form of expression. Right. And I do that a common thread in the art form, whether it's written or it's verbal uh, or it's sung, you know, is 
this sense of storytelling, because that mm -hmm. is everyone has. You you all have a an origin, a That's place right. where. You and there's, like you said, there's there's even more behind that. And that started way before you became mm -hmm. embryo and then, you know, became a human coming out of that. And so that's uh, something to explore. But that's the beauty of what each of us can connect with. So even if your beliefs are different and your color of your skin is different right. and so many elements of our lives is different, we all have a story. And it's exactly. usually that we can become more unified than we are divided. A hundred percent. And you know, many people come to therapy besides the overt problem that brings them, you know, a crisis or something that's blocked and stuck. Many people come to therapy because they have no one to tell their story to. And it's this, this sense of what I believe is that every human human being wants to be seen. And right. I know in my own life and yours based on what you've shared and many others that I've connected with, is there are times when we did not feel seen. And that's right. almost one of the worst experiences that you it can go in feeling... Is invisible, like mm -hmm. nothing don't matter. Like if you Absolutely. didn't exist, it wouldn't change anything. You know, that, that sense of just unseenness. Absolutely. And, and, and that, and that's the, it's a dark place and there's people who could be listening and they could be feeling that right now in this moment today, mm -hmm. that it's not, it's not the whole, you do wake up and you interact with the person at the coffee shop mm -hmm. and you, the job and you make the money and you pay the bills. It's the fact that you're moving through that. And even despite all the interactions that you've had in that whole 24 hours in a day, right. you don't feel it. Right. And that's the greatest, one of the greatest gifts we can give each other. It really is. And it's healing for our, ourselves and our community and our country. There isn't one person who couldn't help heal this country if they knew if they knew what to do and if they had access to their own healing if that you know to the extent that that's needed i really so believe we, that you is make sure that your book gets into all the people that are in the government i so wanted to <laughs> for sure i'm going to send free copies to every congressman yeah. every cabinet member every president <laughs> That could be a part of your marketing strategy. So I when you, that. <laughs> you yeah. have that, because that there, there is there there, and I and I mean that it you know in all seriousness that there you're right. You know, there's I I feel and I you know it's weird because honestly I feel like I am still processing this as I as I mature through this time and space that we're in, but I I feel like we're hemorrhaging. Yeah, like it's terrible that we're like, absolutely. stop, but you know, like we're falling apart at the seams because there is the, the violence, the hate, all, yeah. all of the things that have started to just fester are so prominent. And that's what and they're being so normalized. 
that's yeah. what's so frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, this, this is somewhat counterintuitive because I, I, people know that listen to me uh, that I, <clears throat> that I like true crime. It's like one of the things that I follow it's just mm -hmm. curious. and it's not because I enjoy like crime. It's because I like to understand the psychology oh, of people okay. do what they do and like what drives that, what drives people towards mm -hmm. decisions that appears to maybe what somebody you might call normal. Um, there's some something going on, whether it's chemically or psychologically or through their, that person's history that went on that made them choose, Absolutely. Fun, you know, or something. And so to me, it's just, it's more that it's one unique way to study the human experience and the human condition. There's, there's many other probably more positive ways to, do that study. <laughs> but um, the point being is that there, there is this, you know, continuous path that, that we've seen elevate through, you know, even levels of leadership. And so right. that, that's, I think it's so important to do something different and continue to have people like yourself, myself, people that are picking the lane of helping to try and be some sense of good in mm -hmm. in this humanity because I yeah. think if we made that sort of contribution, what difference could it make in the world about the choices that we do as individuals? Because that soon becomes a collective choice. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's what you know. That's where this book came from. It's like I was a mystery to myself, but I'm not, and. I think this country in many ways is a mystery to itself. I think the human race is a mystery to itself if we want to globalize that. And we don't have to be. Not that I or anybody has all the answers, but we have some and we can share them. Mm -hmm. I can be one voice. You can be another, you know, and there's so many people out there that I believe are really trying to be the voice of healing and insight and wisdom and perspective and um and the courage that it takes to shift gears um that don't necessarily make the news you know yeah and i do and i you know i what i would invite anyone to that's listening to this podcast episode is to how to what does this conversation look like for you meaning are you having conversations in your universe, in your circle of people that you're connected yeah. to that are talking about your growth, your healing, how you are supporting each other, because it does start in that immediate. I know there's there's some folks that like, oh, well, how am I going to, you know, exactly. just world? I, I, I get that. It might seem so like pie in the sky, you know. Right an apple pie type of stuff, but it's, it's really, it starts right where, right where your two feet are, right okay. where your two are planted. There are friends, loved ones, colleagues, associates, people that you've interacted with that you do have the ability to influence in right. some way, big or small. Right. It's there. Just caring. Just how are you? And like really wanting to know. No. Yeah, I don't even know that 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 everyone understands the power of those small questions because, like yeah. you said, they sometimes don't happen for people. Right. They, nobody actually asks them, and that right. that's the other thing too. Is like, 
If you could change your behavior or, or make these modifications of making a phone call, not just out of necessity, but out of compassion, of genuinely checking on a person to on their well-being. And not because of something extreme, like it's a pandemic, you know, although that's a good reason, but just because, you know, there's an element that I think we should get back to in some ways because this this digitalization that we've been in, in some ways has diminished that connection because it's, you know, the text has has somehow shadowed this, this conversation. And so I think that it's okay. I, I'm appreciative of all the mediums that we have because I certainly right. utilize them all. But I do think that we have to dynamically exist in knowing when to go deeper. You know, when a text isn't enough or when, you know, the, just that, that the thing that doesn't have a personality isn't enough when you do need to pick up a phone or see someone in person and make that deeper level of impact that, mm-hmm. that is possible. You know, and one of the, that reminds me of one of the things that I talk about in my book is that there's a certain level of conditioning, I think, that might be fairly recent, I don't know, but that, that like not needing anybody is sexy. You know, like I don't really need you. I might mm-hmm. want you, but I don't need you. But the truth is we really do need each other. We need each other deeply. We not only to be loved, but I think that there's something also really healing in having your love that you have to give be received and be wanted and make a difference. And so, you know, sometimes people will come to therapy and they'll say, Well, I don't I don't really want to need therapy. I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't want to appear needy. And um I I'll, I will say, Why not? We are not needy like a little grasping, you know, blood sucker, but yeah. but we need each other. We actually are dependent on interconnection to to be fulfilled, to be healthy. Yeah. And so I think we have to take that kind of a stigma off of having legitimate adult need of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's so beautifully said, especially when it when it is in the professional realm there's there is a stigma and sometimes it's dramatized around accessing professionals whether it's the, it's a therapist a counselor a coach because it's oh well that means you just can't figure it out on your own right, Ugh. right. and that i think the furthest from the truth that that statement can be it, right. it and and that's where I would channel a little bit of that Brene Brown and getting into the arena of vulnerability yeah. because it, we we are not omnipotent that that's not the that's way right. that we were were built you know there's you know we, you read storybooks and the reason that gods or the equivalent of what a god might be is given this this sense of all all knowing power humans are not. Humans are meant to err. Humans mm-hmm. make mistakes. Uh, we're we're by, we're a byproduct of all of those things today, of a lot of different mistakes and learnings and and growth. And so, as because of that, it's it's almost an urgent requirement, <laughs> if if we want to be so bold, to say that 
we we should be reaching out to each other you know mm -hmm. the recluse or or just kind of going into yourself without tapping into the the essence of others is not being able to put out all that like you said that you have within um and i and i love the way that you said that earlier where you didn't even realize what more there was it was almost like there was this capacity this more of this supercharged battery pack that right. was you know utilized it was it was there that energy was there but it wasn't it didn't have the ability at that time to be released and unlocked because you just didn't have the tools to right. do that right um, and 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 we we can invite that from other people we can invite that part of other people to show up you know mm -hmm. as well as find the ways to um, let it be more expressed in ourselves. I think, I mean, I think part of healing for many people anyway, is the more love that I have found inside myself, the more I want to give. It's just natural. It's not, it's not a should or a have to. It's just like you want to give what you got. Mm -hmm. And not like I'm not still on a journey and don't still have a lot to learn. Um, and, hurdles to overcome because for sure I do. Um, it's very dynamic. It is right. There's, there is the self and it is how the self connects with the world. But I want to, I want to shift into sure. as we're closing our time, just some questions that to get, to get your feedback on and your perspective on, especially as we're moving into a new year, we're almost a month in. It's going right. so fast. Uh, I'd love to know what would, what would be a word of intention for you in 2023? Mm. The word impact. I feel like it's a calling of mine to lean into that more to figure out my impact. So that's, that's my word that I've chosen. Mm -hmm. hmm. I think it might not be one word, um, but what comes to mind is um, fearlessness and self-expression. Yes. Oh, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's so good. What is something that you want to do more of this year? I definitely want to have a more of a voice around the book that I'm writing in the present time, American Therapy. I, I, I just believe so strongly that there's help available for us as individuals and as a nation and as a as a, as a human race. And I just want to be one part of that voice. And so I want to speak fearlessly about what I'm writing about in my book. Oh, that is so yeah. beautiful. I just can't wait till it comes out. It's going to be so, so, so impactful. Speaking of impact, it's going to be very impactful. What is a success principle, Phyllis, that you've lived by? Mm -hmm. Well, perseverance is the first word that comes to my mind, you know, like, don't let anything stop you. And, and I've been stopped, I mean, for sure. And I can look back and see the places where I've been stopped um, and the impact that it had on my life to be stopped and to like the work that I then had to do to like pick up the reins and, um, and start again. And so I just think that holding the principle of like, don't let anything stop you, no matter how hard it might seem, encouragement comes, 
it's encouragement can push you know definitely pushes me forward but but um a lack of encouragement doesn't so you know um just don't let it, whether it's inside or outside you know whether it's my own self-criticism that comes up or my own feelings of unworthiness or somebody saying something to me that feels critical um those things are that happens and i think the more you have a voice in the world and the more that you are true to your own self-expression whatever it is the more you're likely to have certain resistances come your way so yeah. i think unstoppables a big word that i'm focused on right now absolutely what is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome um, definitely that um, I'm not worthy. That is one I think many people <laughs> can relate to, and, and hopefully that you that you are that you are worthy. Phyllis, if there was if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would that be? I think it would be um, believe in yourself. Believe, believe that you you know you know where your essence wants to take you better than anybody else. Um, yeah. I think that would be it. Just believe in yourself. Yes, that's so beautiful. Where can people find you so they can keep up with the progress of your book when it's coming out? I think that would be so exciting for people to be able to to know how to connect with your journey. Well, thank you. Um, I have a website and it's www.myname, Phyllis Levitt. So it's www.phyllislevitt.com and it's P H Y L L I S L E A V I T T.com. So I have a website there and I will be, um, I'm right now in the midst of updating that um, and putting on the new information about the book I'm writing now and that should be done really soon. And then you can find me on Facebook, Phyllis Levitt, just under my name, and on LinkedIn. Those are the two um, main social media sites that I'm on where I've been posting um, about my book. Yeah. Oh, and I'm on YouTube, too. I'm on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Also. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just starting up on YouTube, so give me a few weeks <laughs> on that. I mean, it's there are so many platforms. I mean, I... Can hardly keep up with all the different ones that are coming out all the time, but those are definitely the big ones, I think. Um, and then, and if I, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to add that if if anyone is interested in reading the two books that I wrote on the the spiritual part of my journey, um, and when the divine voice started speaking to me, those books are on Amazon, and they're the first one is called um, A Light in the Darkness, and the second one is called Into the Fire, and they're under my name. You really do have a way of picking titles that are captain. <laughs> well, and what a journey, because for those that have picked up your books or maybe getting ready to, that is, they, they, they do sound like different, exactly different chapters of your life right. through of your journey. And then certainly, you know, seeing that expand American therapy, I mean, that it takes it from the self to the broader. And that's, right. that's, a, you know, that's a fascination too, because I, I, I have had a, a, 
revelations, I think, in recent years of this feeling of not being fully fulfilled when I just achieve a mission for me. It's changed when I feel like I'm serving a higher purpose and a higher sense kind of service it's changed the way that i do most things because it's not it's not just about a self-serving thing um so that's been a really big epiphany and i and i think the journey that you've described is one that is of the same light mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think the 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 interconnection is that that on our journey we i think as maybe just for some people i don't know but as it progresses, we start to connect with other people. It just, it happens. Um, because we're not really traveling this road alone. We're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is so much more fun when you can experience it all with other people. It really is. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so grateful for you coming on and sharing your journey and also what you're working on and how it's going to make such a big difference you know the 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 story that you're telling today so i just i appreciate you and your vulnerability oh thank you so much and thank you so much for having me here and for asking such great questions (laughs) good love light and surrender what a powerful episode the energy there is something about the word divine that i took away from phyllis there and I do think that there's people that move in the world that experience that maybe then more than others. She had very profound moments in her journey where she was spoken to and had that connection with a higher sense of self and a higher sense of power. You may hear that and go, gosh, what why aren't voices talking to me? But I, I think the ultimate takeaway here is that we have a power within us that is far greater than we can probably ever truly understand. And I think we are all in the world figuring out how to manifest and put that into the universe. And as I want you to make that commitment as you listen to this episode to have that connection with yourself and ask yourself the question of how you're connecting with the world around you. Are you just doing it aimlessly or are you doing it intentionally and imagine what the world would look like if we had deeper more connected conversations where we could inspire hope and we could bring more love to the world around us i think that's so beautiful and amazing i can't wait for her book to come out america needs therapy like crazy so this is a perfect place and a perfect time to start So thank you for listening. Remember that you are your only limit. So take action today. Episode 139 has come to a close. Make sure to rate, review, and share. And I will see you next time for the next episode, which will be just as awesome as this one.